Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. to another episode of horror movie night now this would normally be the what did we watch this month part of our month but uh scott had proposed an idea a few months ago that we really really liked and we decided we were going to go gung-ho towards it which is just kind of like an end of the year wrap-up of all of the horror films that came out this year uh i know all of us have some crazy long lists from the list that i'm seeing for myself there's 23 movies on here that oh, I saw Christ. that were horror films. Um, <laughs> God, <it doesn't>... <laughs> all came out in 2018. Uh, all 2018. The full list of 2018 movies that I saw is 76 films. Um, and I'm going Thanks, to movie be... pass. Yeah. And I'm going to go see <laughs> Spider-Man into the spider verse as soon as we're done recording. So, wow. Uh, and I still have at least Mary Poppins. There's at least five more. So I'm probably going to break 80, maybe get to 85 before January And that's 1st. just new movies. That's not it's necessarily just, yeah. the stuff for the show. No. Or stuff that you saw at Fantastic Fest. Or does that well, consider- well, Fantastic, that's That's in there. I consider that 2018 releases. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, there's a, there's a, I, I watch a lot of movies, bro. I've got Swamp Thing playing on the background in my, <laughs> in the, the original studio right yeah, the original. I finally nice. got my Blu-ray from Scream. Um, so, 
Scott, you're the one that put this together. So I'm going to let you kind of guide it. If you mention a movie that I've seen, I'll hop in. Uh, if you mention a movie that I have not seen, I will sit quietly and patiently and let you uh, tell us why it was good, bad, or indifferent. Well, so I don't want to do it that way. <clears throat> okay. I want us to just have it be organic. I don't want to be like, hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, guys, because that's like every other episode. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to like 2019 goals. Real talk here. I'm going to try and not be such a Mike hog. I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know how. It's part of your charm. <laughs> uh, I guess if that's the word that you want to put for it. Um, okay, so let's just go with the most – let's start with the most obvious one that I know that we have all seen because we talked about it, uh, Hereditary. Yes. Which I, I loved when I saw it. I have yet to watch it again, and I have been going through some weird like mixed feelings about it. I don't – so I'll say this. It's my fourth favorite horror film of the year, and it's 17th on my films of the year. And I think a lot of it is not that I think it's a bad movie. Like, if I was doing the best made movies of the year, it'd be in my top five. Oh, but as sure. far as films that I want to revisit, films that will be favorites for a long time, I kind of... And I said this when we recorded the episode. It had a Requiem for a Dream thing for me where I just like, yeah, that was a really good movie. I never want to see this again. <laughs> like, I, And that's kind of where it like keeps having like this. I think it keeps dropping in my mind because I'm actively trying to forget about the movie, which says how good it was at being disturbing. <laughs> like, for sure. Yeah. I see for me, I... Um... You know, I do the videos on the top five videos on mm -hmm. Instagram. And when I was putting together the which one and I had Hereditary as number one, just watching, you know, I just went on YouTube and found what clips I could find. And I'm just like, wow, this movie is so perfect. This yeah. movie is so like, honestly, it's weird not to talk off of 2018. But I was like watching. I was like, this is the hardest list I made because in my mind, the witch uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe and Hereditary were just three perfect movies. Like if yeah. I could give any, if I can give all three of them, the rating would be a hundred percent. Like I love, I absolutely loved Hereditary and it's probably my number one for the year. Now you did mention Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, bro. But that's which, 2017. Which was, two, which was 2017. Yeah. Um, there's a pseudo remake, oh, I guess, God. that came out this year. <laughs> I know, that that's is, terrible. Oh, it is of the 76 films I've seen this it's year. 70? It is 74 on my list. Wow. Wait, the Possession so of Hannah Grace is one of the worst films I have ever sat through in my entire fucking life. So what, what's 76 <laughs> and 77? Like Slenderman and... Or seven, 75 and 76 was Winchester and Slenderman. So okay. horror rounded out the bottom there. <laughs> As it should. Um, that's yeah, really I mean, like... Well, and I think that that's... I mean, that really says why we love this genre is you either have... Things that hit the highs of like a hereditary or a cam or a quiet place or you might be the killer. But then you've got the lows. You have the valleys that are like the possession of Hannah Grace. And it's I mean, it's not like this is new. Like people are like, oh, horror sucks. It's like now binge all of the films that came out in any given year of the 80s. And you're going to have some real hit home runs and some real shit shows. Dude, that's mm -hmm. any horror movie, any year ever horror. yeah, yeah horror is exactly. ever. i mean like you truly can find i don't think that there's like a year that had no bad horror i bet that there are years that had no good horror yeah. even by our standards but uh you know it's just let's be real 
they weren't all Bride of Frankenstein in 1933. Fuck no way. Yeah, yeah. I have those movies. <laughs> Go yeah, to Frank- your local Walgreens or Walmart and buy a <laughs> hundred horror for two bucks. And it'll have everything from like 1931 to 1990 and just see. Yeah. I challenge you. Well, even like, because I love those Universal movies. So I bought like the Mummy collection and the Frankenstein collection. Like none of those are perfect franchises. Like there's always a point in one of those where it just hits a hits a low and it never recovers. So here's a question. Do you think that there is such thing as a perfect franchise? Uh, yeah, it's Child's Play. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, like... Scream. Scream. No way! Scream 3. Um, it's tough to say, you know what I mean? Like, I think that... I think that there are arguments for and against a lot of films. You know what I mean? Like, Friday, like Nightmare on Elm Street, I've said before, is not a perfect franchise. Closest. But I usually can... I can find something I love in every single one of those movies, which is more than I can say about, like, Hellraiser. Where like Hellraiser, oh, yeah. there's just like unwatchable entries, or The Howling. Like The Howling has oh, unwatchable God. entries. Yeah, but Child's we know. Play. <laughs> but then like Child's Play, I would argue, even the worst Child's Play movie has like some good, like a couple good lines or a good kill in it. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, okay. So here, here's a question: What is the most unwatchable franchise? Oh, I think it, it's a. I just said the two key ones. It's either Hellraiser, Hellraiser. or or Howling. Howling. And it, and it for me, it's Howling, be... but you're forgetting a very integral one, Puppet Master. Yeah, Puppet Master. Because there's yeah. so Super much shit. Super unwatchable for like so much. an entire franchise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I a mean, short I, I, franchise, well, Wishmaster. <laughs> they're all unwatchable. Uh, like they're, you can watch the first one for like the podcast or for a movie night, but like I'm talking at your – it's a Friday night. Yeah. You got the house you put on yourself. fucking – you put on yeah. the Wishmaster. Any Wishmaster. Well, that's I don't what I was going to say. Like, the, the Wishmaster <laughs> franchise is like is definitely one of those franchises where it's like, I would own those movies strictly for the podcast because I feel like any entry in the Wishmaster series would probably be a good episode of Horror Movie Night because they're yeah. all so bombastic. But I would actually say, I'm going to throw this out there, you're going to laugh at me. Basket Case. I think Basket Case 1 through 3, like, it keeps its tone consistently. It is exactly what you expect out of Basket Case movies. No more, no less. Does not overstay its welcome like Puppet Master with, like, 14 entries. Oh, yeah. Like, it but I, a very I feel like Scott kind of set it up for it's, like, an impossible answer because, yeah, yeah like, Basket Case, all three are watchable. But, yeah. but to consider it a perfect... Oh yeah, no, it's not perfect. <laughs> well, uh, so I guess I guess that that's fine. I don't know if I really wanted an answer for like what's a perfect franchise as much as like what's an uh what's the worst franchise. And yeah. I guess that it's hard because Basket Case is only three. Is a trilogy still a franchise? I don't I don't know the answer. Yeah, to that. I guess that's I guess that's tough to say. Yeah, I guess you have to a franchise. I guess would have to be four or more. Um, then there's I, no answer because I was actually my rule for a perfect franchise. If I was going to have to, if it was like my college class, which would be an awesome college class, and I'm like <laughs> you have to find the perfect franchise. In my mind, I was already thinking anything with four or more off the list. Stick yeah. to threes, and maybe oh, they could okay. keep it. Well, that's so just would, that's just my end because I'm thinking yeah. like anything with like seven movies. No, you're not hitting it out of the park seven times. I was gonna say you could also make an <laughs> argument that most of the full moon films that have come out, um, 
like Ginger Dead Man and Evil Bong and uh, Killjoy, like those are among the bottom of the barrel because they never even started off good. Like yeah. they were yeah. just trash ah. and they kept making them. Like at least yeah. Hellraiser and Howling has a couple decent entries in them. Like there is no. But it good makes the lows so Bong worse movie. though. That's yeah. the oh the drop off is horrendous. Like the drop off from Hellraiser three, it might be the and worst four into like the rest of that franchise is just a plummet. And <laughs> I know so... that we're going to get so much shit for talking shit on that crime noir uh, um, Hellraiser where it's like all a dream and yeah. Kirsty's oh, back. And piece of shit that movie was. That was a one and done for me. I think that that's actually <laughs> the only one and done. Well, no, I, I well, there, I, in, in high school, I was definitely like, I'm going to watch all the Hellraiser movies. And I did at the time and um i know there have been more that have come out since but uh i'm not gonna take that l <laughs> also i mean i haven't seen the whole franchise but uh from what i have seen i'm i'm assuming that wrong turn is not really oh my god breaking fucking any wrong records turn. <laughs> so didn't somebody want us to watch another wrong turn recently I think they said five. They're like five is such so much better than six. I was like, yeah, I ain't gonna experiment. Yeah, like that. <laughs> the only one worth watching is two, and that is one hundred and ten percent because Joe Lynch wrote and directed it, and Joe Lynch has a pretty good track record. Yeah. All right, so back to two thousand eighteen. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Hereditary uh, is probably going to top every list on the internet for best horror. But here's my problem with it, and then we can move on is I think it's a little too, well, it's too heavy. You know, it's like, uh, actually, um, and this is something that I was going to bring up a bit later when we were talking about um, Becca and Dave's movie, but um, Chris LaMartina, our buddy from WNUF Halloween special and Girl of Cthulhu, and he's doing a new one called What Happens Next Will Shock You, um, as well as some other things. Uh, He has been doing these... um, He's doing crowdsourcing for the WNUF Halloween sequel. And so I think it's like every day. I don't see every single one of them, but every day he's writing a new mini memoir, you know, entry. And uh, one of them said something along the lines of, I think it was when Call Girl was, when they when they had finished it and they were trying to find someone to distribute it. Um, people were like, it's a good movie, but, and at the time people wanted elevated horror. And, that's not what call girl is like, we'll get there soon enough. Like 2019, I want to do call girl, but, and have Chris back on. Uh, but in any case, I, I, um, I've been thinking a lot about that as I was going through. So the impetus for this discussion was I was thinking about, okay, what's our December. What did we watch? And I was like, we should do a roundup, but I don't want to do a traditional roundup where we do a top 10 list because it's going to be the same shit that every podcast like us will do. It'll be like hereditary quiet place, Halloween remake, you know, it's just gonna be boring, you know, but um, so I went and did research on what came out that I had missed. And I caught up on some things that I knew about some things that I didn't know came out this year, some things that have a 2017 date in IMDb, but a 2018 date on Rotten Tomatoes or on lists. So whatever. But um, I like the idea that horror doesn't have to be elevated. You know, like Hereditary is a very elevated horror. It's a drama. It's a drama with supernatural elements. Like that's, and and you know, you guys know how I feel about dramas. Yeah, uh, it's it's a phenomenal film. It's actually it's an actor's film. You know, whereas yeah, and, 
and I forget what I was listening to some podcast. It may have been Shockwaves. It may have been something else. But they were saying like, even if you hated this movie, oh yeah, are, you can't talk are, shit on it. There are undeniable factors in it, like Tony Collette's performance oh, is yeah. an undeniable factor. Like that, the middle portion of the movie is an undeniable factor. Like there are moments that are going to be infamous forever. And I can't say that I don't. I was I was moved by that yeah. film. Like it was it's a horrifying, harrowing experience to watch, and I probably won't ever revisit it. Um, and I defended it on our group, and I've defended it on the internet and in person to people that didn't like the third act. You know, like I, I'm not ever going to say anything negative about it. It's a praise when I say it is too hard to watch. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think for me, like I actually put a quiet place above it. Because, because there's more watchability, yeah. There's more watchability, and and it isn't it isn't as emotionally damaging. Like there are some heavy moments in a quiet place, but like a quiet place at least feels more um, more fun? genuine. It feels more fun. It feels more genuine. It feels more in a fucked up way more relatable. <laughs> like because you know because you're, you're gonna worst case scenario of the worst case family situation, whereas like. At least a quiet place. It's like, okay, even if you replace the monsters, just any idea of like society hitting a point where it's crumbled, Mm -hmm. like the family dynamic of that was very real. Yeah, no. And I can't say so that that's a great segue into um, into a quiet place. And I can't say anything negative about it either. I mean, I didn't. It felt very. Signs to me. And yeah. um, I, I didn't love that, but I mean, it's it's I don't know if I am the target audience for A Quiet Place. Like, I, I have nothing but nice things to say about the movie, but I don't know if I'd rewatch it, you know? So yeah. I don't want to I don't want to rewatch um, A Quiet Place. And it's not because I didn't love it. I absolutely adored A Quiet Place. Um, but like Hereditary, it's just got. It's got that vibe where I feel like no matter where I'm watching and what situation, I'm, I'm going to love it. And A Quiet Place, it's like almost like, all right, I saw this in the perfect setting. Yeah, I saw it with same. a solid crowd yeah. in a movie theater with surround sound. Like, I don't know if if I saw this movie two years after it came out on Amazon Prime, if I would appreciate it as much. You're absolutely right, I think. I think that, that it's, yeah. it's very much a um, an event horror. Yes. Well, and I think that that's I think that that's one of the pluses that horror has taken uh, in the last couple of years is that they are making films almost despite streaming, um, you know, like movies like Overlord and, and Annihilation, while they weren't to me perfect movies, they were movies that definitely worked better if you were seeing it in a theater than if you were like watching it on a computer screen or watching it um, yeah. at home. Yeah, I mean, like doing what Disney's been doing. Disney intentionally makes movies that like Doctor Strange. No one's going to enjoy Doctor Strange in their home. Uh, on 36 inch TV. Yeah. But yeah, like Marvel, Marvel definitely builds these movies where there is an added experience to seeing sure. it in this huge presentation where you just feel like you're looking at a painting. Yeah. That's moving. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> 
So, okay, so we knocked those two guys out. Obviously, those are the big ones that everybody's going to talk about. They're the heavy about. hitters, yeah. <laughs> well, and then let, while we're at the heavy hitters, let's do Halloween eight, 2018. We did in-depth, spoilery discussions about all three of these this year. Um, you know, I mean, uh, this is just like um, now that we've had a, a little bit of time to let it marinate. What do you got? Do, do you have the same feeling or that we talked about on the episode or do you feel different at all? I feel a little different. I I feel like I love the Halloween franchise. And I don't think that the new one was bad. And I think it, I think it was really good. But I think that I love the Halloween franchise so much. And I was so excited that there was one coming out right around Halloween. And I was so excited that it was a comedian's uh, taking a swing at it that I think that I liked it. I left that movie feeling how I want it to feel more than how I think I genuinely would have felt if I would have just tried to go in on uh, a more open mind, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I went thinking like, this is going to be awesome. And uh, it was good. I really liked it. And I would, I would absolutely watch it again, but I definitely think if I redid my list for best Halloweens, it wouldn't be as high as I put it when we did the the Halloween um, draft. I think that it's going to definitely be a Halloween movie that I rewatch. And that's more than I can say about a lot of the Halloween sequels. I'll definitely Um, rewatch it 2019 and see how I feel. Yeah. You know, I, I I agree with you. And I, and I still stand by what I said in, in our episode. Do I think that it is a perfect Halloween movie or even a perfect slasher movie? No, but there was something to be said about seeing a genuine slasher movie on the big screen for the True. first time yeah. in God knows how long that was like, it was going to get me through that movie. Even if it was the shittiest film that had ever been made. Cause I was just so hyped on seeing not a meta horror, not like it, like it was a genuine slasher movie. Like what I always wanted to see, but I grew up in the age of like, meta wink wink post screen yeah so, so like, here's a question really for exciting. you i i like that i, I really want to ask both of you guys this question then so have you guys ever seen a legit slasher film in theaters besides that so like does that count movies that we had already seen before like as a retro screening no no i'm uh, talking okay. opening first time watch no. on a big screen i don't i i, I don't i've I seen did. i mean i saw scream two i think in theaters i can't remember but that doesn't count you know even if i would have seen scream it would have been four was the only one i've seen on the big screen but still it's meta and and i think that that's a very important distinction is that yeah there's like uh there's definitely uh, there's meta-ness in halloween 2018 but i don't think that it's like wink wink nudge nudge as much as homages and references to the actual franchise and it's references here's the with the exception of a couple ones that are really on the nose it's a lot of stuff that if you're like already captured in the magic of the movie you could totally miss like there were so i know many i that, did yeah. yeah like you know what i mean like it's just like hey like these are like little hidden things um for the fans but they went right over my head with the with a few exceptions versus like you know you can walk a very dangerous line sometimes with a movie where it's just like, oh, yeah, no, like that Camp Crystal Lake around the corner. <laughs> 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 like, you know what I mean? It's just like, okay, I get it. Or like uh. everybody 
having the last name like Loomis Voorhees. and Carpenter and Voorhees. It's like, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I know we might look stupid and sound stupid sometimes, but we're not fucking stupid. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, get it, you vape. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did we say that when we hung out with your brother oh. for the live stream? <laughs> um, all right. So uh, since we're talking about slashers and then we brought up meta slashers, you might be the killer. Um, My number one horror film of the year. Number five of the all of 2018 for me. Yeah, it's up there for me too. Brian? Watched yeah, it last night. Yeah? Yeah, really liked it. It was, yeah, it was, I, it was super charming. Um, really, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it'd be my number one, but I, I, I loved it. And I kind of love the fact that Jade um, was super tired and went upstairs. Because I don't know how she... <laughs> I guys night <laughs> you know what i mean because it's not it's not it's it's almost not even like a i i i'm like almost hesitant to even consider it like a meta horror more than just a straight comedy you know like yeah, it was more a, like just a fun comedy to me that yeah, had it's very in it. self-aware it's very yeah. funny like and i watched it twice now so i saw it at mm-hmm. Fantastic Fest and was like, this is the film of Fantastic Fest. Uh, walked away from it with all that praise. And like, I've been, obviously there's a little bit of bias. I've lucked out in the sense that Brett and I did an interview at Fantastic Fest, hit it off as friends, and he's been on the show and he's just a really good dude and him and I stay in touch. But watching it with a group of friends the night that it premiered on Shutter, and hearing them laugh at all the right parts as well, I was like, okay, so this isn't just me. Like this is a movie that will hit most audiences that watch it because it it has that fun. Now, if you're a horror fan, you catch the extra references and things that Allison Hannigan is saying, but otherwise it's just so funny. It's so quick, it's so <laughs> fast. It's only really comparable to two movies, I think, which is Cabin in the Woods and and Behind the Mask, as far yes. as like films that really knew how to how to make a straight comedy that was only going to be truly appreciated by horror fans. And yeah. like, that's what this is. And, and fear Inc. I'd put fear Inc. in there too. Okay. I've never seen fear. Oh, never seen it. But... So I can't believe you never saw it, Matt. It's starring the dude from um, raising I hope. I, I think every time I see the name, I think that it's fear.com from like, that's no. yeah, actually, I, I thought that that's what you were talking about. Sorry. Uh, no, I've never seen either of those. Hey, Brian, I guess, you know what to, to pick for us to watch sometime yeah, soon. Seriously. Honestly, um, Fear Inc. is is almost too good. Of too a good for us. What's that <laughs> supposed to mean? You think you're too good for me because you got a tired job? And, I, and I've said this. You know uh, I said this in our chats, but like the runaway character of 2018 for me is Steve the kayak. <laughs> Dude, he he was so for two two lines in that movie made me absolutely adore it, and it was both Steve. Of course, it was the kayak king. He's like, it's a canoe, but no no big deal, no big deal. <laughs> Because that's you. <laughs> yeah. And then just how he's such a good actor for someone that's not an actor when he's like, and don't worry about gators. We sent a scuba diver in there about a week ago and he, he still hasn't returned. So he's doing a thorough search. Uh, if you find him, let us know. People are worried. <laughs> well, the, other, the other line I like is it's real quick, but it's jumping back and forth in that flashback. And he goes with the kids. He's like, and you are sitting in again, and they're like, cut news! And he's like, good, I'm glad you guys know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he fell in the water. Now let's all point and laugh. <laughs> well, it's just like, 
every time it doesn't even matter when he's strung up with his guts hanging out they're like oh god steve <laughs> and he's just like the kayak <laughs> 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 like it got to the point that like my friends while they were watching the movie every time that someone said steve they were like ready to be like the kayaking like it's so good oh god brett seriously you made him an amazing movie hearing yeah. so hearing becca and ryan talk about that movie on uh shockwaves this Shock week waves. like made my life i was like oh man he's made it <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's just going to pick up steam in 2019. Oh, 100%. it's going to be huge. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. It's just not horror enough to be in my top like for horror. So, But it was so of, good. Speaking of that. I know which one you're going to bring up, and I wanted to talk about it next as well. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, you might be wrong. <laughs> so, Brian, there's a movie that I know both of us saw, and I've been very hesitant to decide if it was if it should be on the horror list or not. Searching. But no, I I, oh. I opted no for searching. I was like, that is a thriller. I rewatched it this week. It's definitely a thriller. But I was thinking so Thoroughbred. Oh, see, that's a that's, I, a, that's, that's a, a horror, right? Uh, I wouldn't put it. I I would actually I have it on my list. But now that you said, it, I think I would take Searching. Um, I think the stretches I put on there were Searching, Thoroughbreds, and Annihilation. Yeah, um, I mean, Annihilation. I would still say has Annihilation is to, Lovecraftian to, horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, okay. Thoroughbreds so is. Thoroughbreds is like a weird one, like because that's that's number seven on my of the whole year. Like I loved Thoroughbreds, but I couldn't decide if it was actually a horror movie or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's no, there's not even like unsettling scene. I mean, maybe a few that are semi, but there's not. I I wouldn't consider it. I would just consider I, it a great movie. Yeah, it's just a good. Okay, what well, what did you think I was going to bring up, Scott? Because we'll go there. Cam, Cam. Okay, that's that's the Cam next one is on my list. <laughs> one of my faves. But it is very, very barely horror. It's, yeah, my, it's a thriller, but I yeah. still, I mean, like it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I loved it. You've interviewed the uh, director twice. It's, you know, it's one of those things where it's, it's hard not to mention it here because I, I enjoyed it like a horror movie. My one friend yeah. actually just recently reviewed it on his Instagram page. And uh, I, I kind of liked what he, he gave it uh, a B on his rating, which I think is fair. I don't think that it's an A plus movie, but it's a very good movie. And he said, it's a movie that is great despite its faults. And I was like, that I think is accurate. Cause there is a lot of Brian brought up a lot of like, I just don't, I want it more. I want it to know what this was. And, and I think that because it's so stylistic and it's so different that it pushes forward, despite the fact that there are questions and like things that maybe didn't, totally work it as a whole is just so unlike anything that you've seen and i think that that really is what if anything it's the most original film of this year for me yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely have to agree that it's that's the thing is that it's very um it's very well made i mean and madeline brewer is just the shit you know yeah. like she's, she's just fantastic, great she plays like three characters in theory. Yeah, and they and it feels very seamless. And you know, I just I loved that movie. Um, I also really love that it's about sex work, but it is very unsexy. Yeah, you know, yeah. like Madeline Brewer is beautiful, but I was never aroused to that whole movie because yeah. it was about the character and it's real and it's not like she's she's not sexualized and it has a lot to do with the fact that it's a 
did camming for maybe she still does i don't know but you know she was a cam girl for years and so i feel like if the writer understands how unsexy sex work is and can be then that's what you need to convey it to the to the audience but i loved cam so i want to dip into speaking of like because you know i was saying cam is probably the most original film of the year the only other film that i think is equally just un unapologetically unlike anything i'd seen uh and i didn't love it as much as i think scott did was upgrade uh which oh, i really really enjoyed well and we discussed i i loved upgrade i would put that at number four for me for the for like horror but it's sci-fi horror but it's gory enough that it still feels like it's you know, it, it can be on the list. So I wanted to live in the middle of that movie forever. Like the middle so, of that movie is amazing to me. Here's was, the thing is that, well, before you say anything, Brian, Matt, two things, one, sorry, two things. The first thing is, is that we discussed this offline and or online, but we didn't discuss it on the air. You didn't read cyberpunk. I did. No. <laughs> That's why the ending is not your speed, but it, I mean, we'll get there when we talk about it, but, um, yeah brian go ahead (laughs) i was actually shocked when that movie was over that and i never read i never read uh whatever cyberpunk Cyberpunk. it's it's a it's a style of sci-fi that's um very it's it's like near future but there's a lot of like up uh, upgraded humans like augmented humans and um technology is integrated into life and it's kind of dystopian things like that like it's it's a very specific subgenre of sci-fi that was super popular in the um 80s into the early 90s like the most po- most famous one is probably neuromancer by william gibson the second most famous which is probably my favorite of the um of the genre is called snow crash by um neil stevenson very mm-hmm. very good books but uh anyway go ahead no i was just shocked because i finished the movie and i turned i watched it with jade and my dad and uh they were both like yeah, it was okay. And I was like, that was the most fun that I've had for an hour and a half in a very long time. I just watched it in my living room and I was like, this movie is awesome. It was just so much fun from begin to end. And I, I, I don't understand why anyone doesn't like it, which if we're done talking about it, I have a segue into another film, which I understand, which I understand why a lot of people don't like it. And this will definitely be like the Brian Kelly pick of the year that everyone hates, but I love. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. And I wanted to bring it up too. fucking slice, man. I, I love slice. I did not love it. I, um, it felt like it was trying to do 10 things and it only accomplished two. It was just so, it was so fun to me. Jay despised it. It's kind of like, I would definitely put it same, same as you might be the killer. It's definitely a comedy way more than it's but the thing is is that it's okay horror comedy is definitely a thing it's there's nothing wrong with that but i get why like it's never something that i would never go on a show to debate this movie you know what i mean like i would never i would never fight for this movie i get why i love it and i get why people hate it and i'll just leave it at that you know (laughs) so i didn't hate it i just thought that it was disappointing because you hyped it up yeah how dare you Brian? no 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 i'm not blaming him for anything i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) you son of a bitch (laughs) you don't talk about your mom like that hey um (laughs) so so uh well i've got a segue from that okay okay. oh yeah go Uh, right ahead talking about movies that i thought were 
were very good horror films that I'm hearing no one really talk about this year, uh, or at least not as much as I think they should. One is still a very small indie film that only really got a VOD release. And I interviewed the star of the movie on this podcast was Killer Kate, which I thought was way more fun than it had any right to be. It's not going to be anyone's favorite film of the year, but I had a blast watching it, which was extra shocking since I watched it like laying in bed on a laptop. <laughs> uh, usually I can never focus and enjoy movies that way, but I had a lot of fun with being kind of a comedic inversion on the, um, the uh, what's the, I just blanked on the term home invasion movies. Uh, basically the oh, idea. Oh, that's right. I remember the interview and I remember being like, oh, it's a home invasion movie. And I immediately wrote it off as not <laughs> wanting to watch it. Sorry. Yeah. So the, so the concept of killer Kate is basically like, think of the character of Kate. Think of like the most timid kind, like pushover character. And it's basically sh she's at her sister's bachelorette party and out of nowhere, these people are trying to break into the house and kill all of them. And all of a sudden she just out of nowhere realizes she has like a crazy killer instinct and is really good at like killing people and basically <laughs> defends all of the girls by herself. Um, okay. You and, actually just sold it. Yeah, sold me on it. So I got to watch it now. But like the twists and turns, it's very funny. There's one character who's like hyper reluctant to do the home invasion. So he agrees to be the getaway car and there'll just be points where like, all of these people are getting murdered. He has no clue. And it'll just cut to him inside the car. And he's like, I could just leave. I don't want to be a part of this. I could just go home. <laughs> so like that movie is really funny and charming. If you get a chance to see it. And then this one, I know Scott will hate. And this stressed me the fuck out. I think I talked Brian into seeing it, but unsane. Was I liked. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not watching unsane. Yeah. It, it is heavy dude. Movies where you, where you know that someone is, is telling the truth and no one else believes them stresses me out so bad. And that's just <laughs> insane for 80 straight minutes. <laughs> so every horror movie ever made. Well, no, no, because like weirdly enough, truth or dare, <laughs> like, the, the, the group of friends in truth or dare buy into like what's going on so quickly, but <laughs> well, we don't need to talk about how, yeah, that movie is not, I'm not, I didn't even watch it. I just I'm taking and your word for how actually, bad it was. Slightly better than Truth or Dare. Still not amazing, but has good parts. Also, The Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, characters really bought into what was going really quickly, instead of it being like, "Oh, please, I'm telling you, this is real." Um, I I I do dig that though because it feels more realistic than people being like, "I don't believe what I'm seeing." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if you were trying to live through a horror movie, you accept shit at face value and you run. You just exactly. go. Um, so I've only got a handful left that we haven't. How? Up, so. I have so many. Yeah. I know, because I had 23 movies total. And anytime that we've brought, there's a few that I'm like, I got nothing to say. I watched it. It was a thing. <laughs> like piercing between worlds into the dark flesh and blood. Like those are all like fine movies. I have no real opinion on them. And I actually kept all those off because yeah. um, it's technically a TV show. Yeah, into the dark. Oh, yeah, no, no, no TV shows. Well, or else we'd be talking about was, Sabrina. And, well, well, Into the Dark was weird because it's only one I know, episode it's, a month and it's a movie. And it's an out, yeah. Yeah, and, they, and, and they don't tie in in any way, which, by the way, <laughs> the, I was very underwhelmed with the December one. Okay. Yeah. So I don't need to make it, but I still need to see the October one. Watch the October one. Watch the watch the December one. You might like it. Um, 
but let's see what I have left. I have nine well, left that we didn't discuss. So I, I know there's there, a big one that we all need to talk about. We'll get there, dude. I know exactly which. <laughs> I, well, I have an idea which one it is. Um, but I want to go back to how the one that I thought you were going to talk about when you said the one that was the weirdest when you said upgrade. I thought you were going to talk about Are We Not Cats, which is barely a horror movie, but it's got never body even horror. Heard of it? Yeah, I never it heard is of it either. Ultra, ultra indie movie and i'm not gonna give away anything i'm going to say it was definitely worth the watch but it's are they short <laughs> it's not he it's said he's not, not gonna give away anything <laughs> it is a love story okay it is a gross as fuck love story um it's like a gross eternal sunshine of the spotless mind there's no like brain washing or anything like that involved but the characters feel like lost souls that find each other because they're so lost kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, it's very gross. Uh, don't eat what before or during your watch. And you probably will want to give yourself like an hour afterwards and then maybe you'll be hungry. Um, but I also don't want to be hyping it up as this ultra. It's not street trash gross. It's just um, up close kind of gross, you know, right. just, that makes just, sense. um, the whole point is that the the uh, it's trichiliomania tr- where um it's like picking hair, you know people oh. that 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 OCD thing where uh. people will pick their hair. Yeah. Um, so that's it's just that grosses me out. Remember when we talked Destroyer? I was like the grossest thing I've seen on Horror Movie Night is is uh, is dude the, eating hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so um that's what's gross about Are We Not Cats? But the, and that's why it's called Are We Not Cats because you know cats eat hair. Um, but anyway, it's a really good movie. Um, it's not necessarily horror it's horror ish you know it's like a genre film but a love story uh and it's super weird i then want to talk about um another not quite horror more of a fantasy but it's it's horror enough cold skin did you guys hear about cold skin Mm-hmm. No, you went um, for some. You always go for some real deep cuts, even with like your. This Christmas isn't a deep cut, dude. Tournament. <laughs> so, so Cold Skin is a fantasy movie. They had a big as fuck budget. There's explosions out the ass, and there's like it's about killer mermen, oh, and it's shit. a period piece. So it's nineteen early nineteen hundreds on this island, and um. There's a lighthouse, and every night it gets attacked by these mermen. Um, it was not what I wanted it to be. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to talk about with that, but you guys might like it just for the sheer ride of it. But for me, there were some – it's it's like there are three main characters. That's it. And then there are the mer-creatures, mermen that are monsters. Um but it is kind of like a little too predictable with the horrors of the human spirit kind of thing, you know? So uh, take that for what it, what you will. Um, and then along those lines, another movie that you probably didn't watch that had a massive budget is Tumbad, which Katie was talking about. Um, it's an Indian horror flick about... Uh, it's like a multi-generational horror folk tale kind of allegory for greed. And um, I really appreciated it for what it was. I hated the CGI. 
That's all okay. I have to say about it. Um, it's probably worth the watch. I think I spent three dollars to watch three or four dollars to watch it on Amazon Prime. So watch it with the big screen if you get a chance, um, because it's a visually stunning movie, except for the CGI monster, <laughs> uh, which they could have done practical and it would have looked uh, or they could have done it practical half the time and it would have been fine. So there's that. But as far as I want to talk about two, two, which movies? Do I have one? Yeah, let's just say two witch movies. OK, oh, shit. Right. Three witch movies, really? Well, no, two witch movies, because uh, obviously, you know, there's hereditary. And then we have. Dead Night, which was actually released in 2017 under a different name in festivals and didn't get a wide release. They recut it and added a bunch of extra shit that I don't really know what they added um, and renamed it Dead Night, which is a terrible name for a film. Uh, So forgettable. It is a popcorn horror movie that is trying to be elevated. It's starring Barbie Crampton. So, you know, I'm on board. (laughs) <laughs> and um, it's got witches. So I won't watch it again, but I wanted to mention it here to give it a signal boost because it's a fun time in like an Evil Dead ripoff kind of way. Not in a Evil Dead ripoff sort of way that Demon Wind is fun. <laughs> it's definitely playing it a lot. Well, let's say Demon Wind is playing it straight too, but. Like this movie has, say, let's say Demon Wind is fun. <laughs> we don't have to say that. I've already said it many, many times. Uh, but but yeah, Dead Night, um, it's worth the hour and 20 minutes. It's not long at all. Okay. But but uh, it, it's got, you know, killer witches and you know that does it for me. So the other uh, witch movie I wanted to talk about is a Netflix film, Apostle. Did you guys watch it? No, I've been wanting to watch it. it I, I have to watch it alone. So many mixed things on that one. It is a very, very polarizing film for, for what you want out of it. Now, first of all, it's slow. It is a two-hour movie, and it feels every bit of two hours long. It's not like a, a Marvel movie that's like you know two and a half hours, two and forty-five, and you're like, wow, that it's over. Wow, so much shit happened, and it was a blast. Apostle really could be shorter. But here's the reason I like it. One, witches. Two, uh, <laughs> uh, two. it's a period piece. Three, it's got some great actors in it, a bunch of people that I recognized. Um, the main character, I know him from the TV show Legion, but he was also on uh, Downton Abbey. That's what Megan knows him from. She didn't watch it with me, but... Uh, it's it's good. Like I it to me it feels like it could be in the same universe as Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. It's not nearly as lighthearted, but okay. it's got a visual aesthetic that is kind of like a more realistic toned down 2018 Sleepy Hollow. I do right. want to watch it. Yeah, you I, I highly recommend everyone watch it. I put it in my top five, you know, I of, mm-hmm. of horror for the year, definitely. I mean it's it's not my favorite, and it's definitely not above you know, you might be the killer, <laughs> but but I, I liked it. So you guys didn't see it. You don't have a, an opinion, but I'm pretty sure all three of I know all three of us have seen this next one. Summer of 84. Yes. I actually still haven't Love seen it. Summer of 84. What? Oh, I no. thought you did. No, I know all about it because everyone's told me the ending at this point. But oh, fucking shit. Well, it's still here's the thing about the ending is that it's 
I think that it's not a disservice to the film to know because it's it's kind of telegraphed there. It's not yeah. about that. It's about the ride. And I'm okay with that. There's space in the world for all sorts of horror, including movies that are predictable. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I do want to get around to it. Usually the break the winter break that I'm about to go on mm-hmm. is like my everyone that I know is working except for me. So I just start binging like whatever I've been putting off. So that's when I finally get caught up on like TV shows and movies and shit like that. So it's definitely sure. going to be watched. Uh, by the time this episode's released, it will You'll have probably been have watched. Seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, and Brian, you liked Summer of 84, right? Oh, I loved it. Okay. I Would you put it in your top five or not? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it in my top five, but I'm not a serial killer guy. Um, I just like the, I liked the pacing. I liked the actors. I mean, I loved the kids. They were really good. They were, you know, almost as good as the kids in It. You know, it's, yeah. it's a different. It's it's a it's a similar nostalgia factor, but it's not in the same universe at it's, all. It, yeah, it's uh, Stranger Things with a serial killer. Yeah, and that's what you said when you brought yeah. it up on the show, I think. But yeah, I, yeah. I liked it. Um, did you? Any of you guys watch The Endless? Mm-mm. No, I remember you were like. You wanted to see that because you very enjoyed excited. their previous movies. Well, yeah, previous so, movie, Spring. Yeah, well, I it's it's the end of a – it's an actual trilogy. Well, it's it's an in-universe trilogy, not necessarily a linear trilogy, but it, it they all interrelate in some ways. Um, although Spring is the least uh, – it, it's a bit more tangential resolution and um, the endless are bookends. So – Resolution, I don't love. It's two guys in a room that are tormented and uh, by by an unseen force, and that's it's just I appreciate them for making the film and doing it their way. Um, I, it's not something I want to rewatch. Uh, Spring is probably one of my favorite romantic films I've seen in the last five years. It is so good. It's also one of the most creative monster movies I've ever, or not ever, but probably one of the most creative monster movies of my adult life. It's, it's a very, very cool monster because it's not a predictable monster at all. And it's, it's very well prepared, presented and such. Um, plus it's very romantic. So the endless is good. It's engaging, but I felt that the end was not what I wanted, but they're doing it the way they want to do it. So I have nothing negative to say about that. So that's the endless. I would suggest if you've seen the first two to watch the endless, if you haven't watch all three, when you have the time uh, in order, watch resolution spring and then the endless. And I, there's that. So another movie that is super indie that I don't know if anybody, but me saw, but I, 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 I um, Matt, you talked to the director of the ranger. Uh, right? I, I bumped into her and fantastic spoke to best. her briefly, but yeah, we never even got to put anything on. Right. On Did you recording. see the ranger though? I still haven't. I know that it just got on a uh, shutter not too long ago. So that'll probably be another one of those during yeah. winter break. Finally get around to seeing it movies. Yeah. I liked it. Um, I, I don't know if I would watch it again. Uh, just, you know, it's, it's, it's got aesthetic. It's cool. You know, and, and and it's it's doing its thing. You know, it's like it's a creative vision, and I appreciate that. So mm-hmm. then, I so I've got four more. I got well, eight, but I'm okay. gonna knock. I'm just gonna knock out three vanilla movies. That right. okay? Go right ahead. Yeah. First Purge, Insidious, Last Key, and The Open House. 
didn't mind him when I was watching him, my life would be just perfectly fine if, if I never you watched hadn't it. watched it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to mention two big ones that came out this year. That one of which I, I have not gotten to see yet. Well, I think both of them you didn't get to see actually, but uh, I think that they're both they're good. I saw them both at Fantastic Fest, and they both kind of left me feeling like I want to watch it again, but I wasn't in love with it the way that a lot of people were when they left the theaters. Sure. And that was the new Suspiria and Overlord. I both thought were very fun movies that I would definitely watch again. But like when I was leaving the theater at Fantastic Fest for both of those movies, it was people around me just being like, holy shit, was that not like the greatest experience ever? I was like, that's eh, all right. For Overlord? <laughs> yeah. Oh, people love like. I think it was because here's the thing with or no Overlord was a schedule one. It was Suspiria that was the surprise. Um, Overlord was is very well made. Like I will say that it is a very well made movie. It's a very fun movie. I had what I wanted the movie to be in my brain, and it didn't mm-hmm. achieve what I wanted it to be. So I was very like let down by it, which is why I want to watch it again without my expectations and see if I enjoy it as much as everyone leaving the theater seemed to enjoy it uh, because it's gory as all hell. It's funny at good parts and it's brutal. Like the violence in it is fucking brutal, but it was just like, Oh great. It's just another fucking zombie Nazi movie. Um, see, and that's the thing is that if that's what I, what I wanted it to be was I wanted it to be some sort of supernatural thing that was doing body horror on the Nazi soldiers. So, so it is and it isn't because like it is Nazis, like Nazi zombies are the backbone to it. But what right. gets where the movie gets fun and crazy and what I wanted it to be is in the final act where you've got living people who decide to inject themselves with the zombie serum while they're still alive. And it creates like weird mutations inside of them. Um, That's what you wanted to see. And they didn't I do wanted, that. No, they did do that, but I wanted oh, more okay. of it. Like it's like the last okay. like 15 minutes. Suddenly you've got like this amazing, like super shredder type sequence, but like the rest of it's just like a general, like you're watching Wolfenstein. You know what I mean? Like you're just watching people storming a castle filled with zombies that are in Nazi garb. So yeah, what I wanted was monsters and Nazi guard, yeah. you know, like I want another Frankenstein's army. I yes. want, I want the beginning of fucking Hellboy. I want okay. a whole movie of that. And I, there's part of me that still thinks that you would like, like Overlord is a movie that people will like. I don't know how many people who will love it. Um, and then just one more to throw out there to actually two more. Cause they also had pretty major releases and I was like, they were fun. Um, more fun than I think most people gave him credit for was I thought the Predator movie was really, really fun. Oh, yeah. And I thought the Meg, like, it's what you want out of a movie where Jason Statham fights no, it's a what giant shark. you really want. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. If you are a person who's seeing a movie about a giant shark with Jason Statham, it is going to succeed in everything that you want it to because it's right, yeah. very tongue-in-cheek and fun. It's very um, – it should have been R. The director yeah. has even said that it should have been R. But it is very it is on par with like Piranha 3D in that we know what we're making and we're just here to have a good time. So, like, I'm OK with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <How was> that? <laughs> it's, I, I wanted to see Suspiria real bad. I didn't get it. I, I just could not get a hold of a copy because and I wasn't yeah, about to make Megan sit through two hours and 15 minutes of discomfort for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's an so, interesting. Did, it's an interesting one. Did you watch Revenge? No. no. Is it is it good? 
I did not watch it. I don't want to watch a rape revenge movie. I understand that it was, I mean, I've seen I Spit on Your Grave. I've seen I Spit on Your Grave 2009, whatever it was. I've seen Last House on the Left, the original. That's about as much as I need to see of rape revenge, you know? Um, It's supposed to be a more feminist perspective, but I've also heard it get shredded the fuck out online for not be for being like fake feminist and you still get that male gaze of of the woman getting abused and i really don't need that in my life because here's the thing it's it's a she it's the same thing with like offensive humor to me and that's why i really don't care for it it's like when people may say like really offensive jokes to get a laugh it's like if you want to do a rape revenge movie that's fine just allude to the fact that they've been raped you're not a fucking skilled director if you can make an entire audience uncomfortable with a 15 minute rape scene <laughs> yeah you know, it's just not it's not for me i'm all about the rape revenge movies for the revenge part so give me that give me the revenge and and call it a day but i don't think i'll see it unless someone can confirm like oh yeah it's like a 30 second rape scene yeah i don't even i don't know it's on shutter and you can probably give it a look if you want but anyway so that's fine um but did all of us watch puppet master lilith reich no that was just you and brian again dude what is your problem (laughs) (laughs) these are these are like they're not even like bread and butter my friend yeah and and it's not even like oh okay matt didn't see like the apostle whatever these are matt kelly movies oh i'm aware i interviewed one of the stars (laughs) of the movie yeah yeah. But they didn't send me a review copy, so I was like, oh, shit. So, like, I had to do the interview without the review copy. <laughs> oh, man. I loved Puppet Master. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I thought that it was just goofy and, and fun, you know. Um, it felt like it could have gone about two or three steps further and, you know, crank it up a little bit more. It felt a little safe. That's, I mean, like the kills were fucking great, but the, the it, I felt like the story was just a little safe. You know, uh, that's all. My my only thing is there is there are some characters that I would have liked to be in it that weren't in it. You mean like puppets? Puppets, yes. It was what? definitely lacking which, on some pup- which leech, puppets. Leech girl, uh, six yeah. woman. Show her respect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she she blossomed into a beautiful leech woman. I apologize. Um, <laughs> She's a strong leech woman who don't need no man. I fucking love Six Shooter, man. So here's the one that I was super happy about, and I didn't, I wasn't even worried about that though. You know, like because I was so happy with the uh, with the rest. I, I loved that. Uh, I loved the look of Torch. Mm-hmm. Um, I also loved the part with the the baby Hitler that they tossed in an oven, <laughs> which is so just like, that's the that's the the speed at which I wanted this movie to go. And I loved the helicopter one who chopped the dude's dick or no, he chopped his throat. Yeah, he sliced his throat and he bled in the toilet. Um, I really liked the look of that. Um, I don't know. I, I think that it's a solid puppet master. It's the first solid puppet master I've seen. Since I don't know when. I mean, there hasn't been a good Puppet Master. I mean, they Uh, were four. They were just smart. They were like, they kind of did what they should have done a a long time ago, where it's like, these movies are fucking stupid. So let's give them some gore. Like, let's make them super fucking gory. And I think this is probably the most gory. Now, keep in mind, you guys may disprove me because I haven't seen all of them. No, they've always been tame. They've always been tame. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. It's just part of what it, it is what it is. 
but yeah, it got super, super gory. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. It was fun. Um, and I'm so surprised that Matt didn't watch it. But no, uh, so, no. <laughs> so I'm saving. Uh, so I have two that I want to talk about back to back because they're both Christmas horror. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I still so haven't then, seen. I was at a party that I kind of wish I wasn't at. Otherwise, I would have watched all the creatures. Creatures of Staring. Last night. How Brian, is it? Brian, did you watch it yet? No, didn't see it. I liked it. Good. I li- I've heard a lot of. Uh, I've heard people say that it's mediocre, oh, and I'm like, disgusting. Trashed it up and really? down the board. Yeah, I I don't think that it was trying to be anything than what it really was. And I'm not a fan of anthologies, but one, I thought that the wraparound was fun. I thought that it was fun. Like even my least favorite of the um, vignettes, which is the, it's so funny to watch it after we just had our conversation with Becca and Dave, where they were talking about. One, how they met. They met doing plays. And the wraparound is a fucking play. And it's so much, it's, it's just so funny to, to have that background information about Dave and Becca's relationship and watch the film and see how much person of their personalities and their relationship is there. And it's it's a very fun and funny and very light film. Like the the my least favorite was you know how they're talking about the escape room idea or not yeah. like the escape room, but like five people stuck in a room in search of an exit. Um, there's a scene or there's, there's a, there's a skit or a section of the, the, the anthology that is that. And they have one. The alien one is my favorite. So when you guys watch it and anybody that's seen it or does see it, that's not giving anything away, but the alien segment is so funny. It is so funny to me. It's my favorite of the segments. I'm not an anthology guy, but I would definitely watch it again next Christmas. Cool. Yeah, I, I really liked it. And I, I don't think that it was trying to be anything that it, that I don't think that it was trying to elevate anything. I don't think that it was trying to be too funny. I don't think it was trying to be too gory. I think it was just fun. If you look at it like that, not like, God's gift to fucking Christmas horror, then you're fine. Blade Disgusting like, gets up their ass sometimes. Yeah, let's be real. Christmas horror does not exactly have a perfect track record. I never no, realized so that Scott put together this whole fucking how record. bad most of it is. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, there are two. There are two that you need to watch every year: Black Christmas and Gremlins. Everything else is really make or break. Um, or I think it. you forgot to mention Sun- Silent, Silent Night, Night Deadly Night Part Five. Oh no, <laughs> Silent Night Deadly Night Four. That whoever whatever that was up against, I didn't even see the movie, but I voted for it. Why? Four is so good. No, it isn't. No, it is not. Uh, I had a a really fun geek out yesterday with Chris from WNUF about how much we both think Toymaker is the best of all of the Silent Night Deadly. No, no. (laughs) I'm not saying that Initiation's better. I'm just saying there's no incest in it. (laughs) Um, It's a puppet. (laughs) Uh, So... There's only one more that that I have on my list that's just I'm staring at it and I'm like, how have we not talked about it? There's a reason why we haven't talked about it because this was the year of the cage, my man. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, okay, so there are two then. There's two. I only saw one of them. Still. I'm not. I saw the only important part of the one. Shatter <laughs> <laughs> Goblin, did you eat all the mac and cheese? Yeah. So Mandy, I didn't like Beyond the Black Rainbow, so I had no intention of watching Mandy. Because the same director, it's not about. I'm I'm not about psychedelia, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like it's just I'm also not about revenge flicks, obviously. So I didn't watch Mandy. Brian was underwhelmed, right? 
I wasn't underwhelmed. I enjoyed it. Um, I was underwhelmed. <laughs> I was underwhelmed. I enjoyed Mandy. Mom and dad. Mom and dad. So so Mandy was like, let's just get bonkers Nicolas Cage. But let's let's make him wait for it. Let's make him wait like an hour yeah. and ten minutes yeah. to get the cage. And it's mom only and an hour and twenty like, minute movie. Yeah. Mom and dad was like, Cage is here and he's ready to party. <laughs> From fucking from it from the, from the first scene yeah, yeah. from so the nick, nick cage just walked right out of that burning wicker man and into mom and dad yeah. because okay so so we've discussed wicker man and why that movie doesn't work because nick cage thought that it was a send-up yeah so he got to be nick cage like he's not a bad actor he's just a fucking ridiculous person well and i love i love um i think it was elric said this on shockwaves before but he's like if you have a director who knows how to utilize Nick Cage, he will be the best actor you've ever seen. But if you have someone who does not know how to rein him in, he can destroy an entire film. And like, I I think mom and dad is the perfect use of Nick Cage. You're like, we're going super crazy and stupid. So we need a dude who can just turn it up to a thousand and keep that momentum for 90, 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually 80. That movie Whatever. is only an hour and 20 minutes. It's like you, um, have, you have two options. You're like, all right, Nicolas Cage, you can be Kanye West in the studio or you can be <laughs> Kanye West on Twitter. And I don't care which one because he's going to go with Twitter every time. He's going to. So you have to say we need you to be Topical. Kanye in the studio. I need, I need my Nicolas Cage to be Kanye West. Sitting in, in the game. Oval Office. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, yeah, that too. But Kanye West, my favorite Kanye West story, I quote it all the fucking time. It's actually a Dave Chappelle story, but I don't care. Uh, Kanye West was a musical guest on Dave Chappelle's show, and he was sitting in the editing studio talking with Dave Chappelle, watching them edit the episode, and his phone rang. And he said, he goes, I can only hear the one end of the phone call, but he said, yo, can't talk, watching Chappelle's show get edited. He goes, and there's a long pause on the call, and then he just goes, because my life's dope and I do dope shit. That's why. Yeah. And then he goes, like, <laughs> like, 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 you should try to live every day of your life with that thought process. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, holy shit. Mom and dad, what a movie. What an experience. I watched that my last night in Florida with Brian, oh, just man. him, Jade, and I on the couch. Just loving every second of it. Yep. Paid a dollar per person and it was worth it. Oh, fuck yeah. It was three bucks to rent. And I said, I'll cover this tab, guys. <laughs> Which was great because he had warned me early on. Yo, man, money's tight. You got to pay for yourself this week. But, but I, I said, gotta... I'll, I'll treat you. I'll treat you as some mom and dad. Yeah, I'm a good guy. So here's a here's a bold horror statement. Mom and dad is my number one of the year. Wow. Really? It, it really? knocks, it just slightly edges out You Might Be the Killer. And here's why. Because You Might Be the Killer is never horrific to me. It's just a good time, right? Oh, mom yeah, and dad. time while being really uncomfortable at points. Yeah, no, like mom and dad, there's this one scene, and this is going to get a little personal. Sorry, everyone listening. Right. And sorry if my dad hears this, but um, I, I don't think my dad knows how to get to podcasts. So, I think we're safe. <laughs> um, so my dad and I have had a really rocky year, um, and it's all due to politics. So, watching mom and dad, I'm having a fucking blast until we get to the scene where um, they're at the school 
and all the teachers are, are trying to keep the kids back and all the parents are like, come to me, son and daughter, whatever. And then the killing starts and everybody get, goes fucking wild running through the um, running through the parking lot and the the um, football, field. football field. And there's this one part where this kid goes, it's a, it's a boy and he goes, dad. And the dad just looks at him with so much hatred and then he murders his own son. And that was horrifying to me. And um, it, it that is what nudged you might be the killer out of the one, number one spot because mom and dad is fun, funny, gory as fuck, over the top. It has a good budget, and it actually made me scared. Like not scared, but it, it gave me that that dread and that horror. So, and it also is introspective where the parents are like, "Where the fuck did my childhood go?" Because I feel that I'm 36 and I don't have kids, but like. I feel that. And I think that that's anybody who's an adult can look back at a teenager and be like, I remember, I still feel like that person, but I'm in this body. That's, uh, that's alien to me. And it's, I think that that movie is just, it's, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Wow. It's an 11 out of 10 for me. It's a Nick Cage out of 10 for me. (laughs) So, so let me ask one quick question because we are running really long on this. Um, That's fine. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Uh, What it, horror or not do you know what your number one of the year was oh i don't okay i I don't it could be hereditary um it could be eighth grade okay um yeah it's probably between one of those two matt you tell me you tell me what your top five are that are not necessarily a horror and so i don't have them jog my memory so I think my top five... It doesn't need to be num- one yeah. through five. Just tell me what I think my top are. five are probably going to end up being... Uh, you might be the killers in there. Um, I'm The one thing I'm confident is my number one is the Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary. I think that that... Oh, uh, yeah. I've watched that so many times. It's hit the same emotional chord every single time that I've watched it. Um, stupid, futile gesture early early mm. in this year a lot of people probably forgot that it even came out uh brian <laughs> recommended it to me on like one of the first episodes that he was ever on that was another one that i watched two or three times and it it worked for me every single time um the disney fan of me thought that the new wreck it ralph movie i know a lot of people were shitting on i thought the new wreck it ralph movie was amazingly heartfelt uh it touched a lot of heavy topics in that way that disney is really good at doing where um there's the whole movie can be summed up in one quote, which is uh, a character says to another character, just because your best friends doesn't mean that both of your dreams have to be the same. And like, that's the whole emotional background of that story is when your best friend doesn't want to do the same things that you want to do. And like, that's okay. Like you don't have to go on the exact same journey with them all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the thing that I'm still trying to deal with in my thirties. The the idea that like, maybe the people who are my best friends, I don't have as much in common with. I don't have as much uh, drive as they do for certain things. And like, that's totally fine. Like that doesn't make them worse of a person. Uh, and it doesn't make me a dick for wanting to like travel and do more. Uh, and I, I think those are like the four big ones, really. Um, I'm sure I'm blanking out on something else that I adored that because uh, I saw a lot of fucking movies this year. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm still sticking with mom and dad then because like it's just one of the it's the movie that I think back most fondly on, you know, like it was the best ride. Yeah. Oh, and Love mind. Simon. Love Simon. That, that one I want to throw in there, too, because that movie 
was all of the like 90s teen flick feels that I want it with like an actual genuine important message to say. So Love, yeah. Simon is pretty high up there too. Um, <laughs> but all right. So that was uh, probably the longest thing we'll ever put on this feed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of us talking about our, our favorites of 2018. Um, we're about to kick off 2019 in just a couple days. Uh, one of us is very excited for what we're about to talk about. One of us is in the dead center and one of us, unless they had a change of heart, hated it. So tune in and see, uh, (laughs) see what, what your, what your boys all thought of, uh, what you guys voted for Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Uh, we'll be back. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. listening to the Geekscape Network.